On this week's show, we're going to talk about how to talk with your team about money and teach them where all that money goes. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you non-EGI members know about a great opportunity to start growing your business. Doesn't matter if you're looking to have our, you know, your first million dollars or if you're a larger company going at, you know, 10 plus million. If you have the proven roadmaps to succeed, you're going to get there a heck of a lot faster with our help. I can't imagine what I could have done at my first company if I had access to the tools and resources that the contractor university provides. I mean, you can sit there and beat your head against the wall or you can learn from the top minds in the industry and save all those headaches. If you're interested in jumpstarting your business and growing it the right way, click the join button at the top of this page and you can get 30 days of training free for you and your team at no charge whatsoever. One of your greatest obstacles in the HVAC business is collecting money from your service calls. In order to get your technicians to collect for you and to be successful, they have to buy into your vision as an owner. We've got some more great content from James Leichter, and he's going to talk about in detail about communicating to your techs how important collecting money is on every single call. They probably think you're rich and you're rolling in the dough, but I know and you know that's probably not the case. And once your technicians understand where all the money is going, they'll be more likely to get on board with the process that you need to have them implement. Hi, I'm James Leichter with EGIA. If you haven't already seen the videos, we've done videos on how to get technicians to sell more through a diagnostic approach. It's a very important set of videos. In this video, what I want to talk about is possibly your greatest obstacle on improving your company, especially driving revenue and profitability. That obstacle is your employees. Seriously, it is. But it's not what you think. See, your employees, especially your service technicians, and I focus on them because the service technicians are out there collecting the money. They're telling people how much it's going to be. They're collecting money, hopefully. They're driving revenue. Your service technicians have to buy in to what you're doing if you're going to be successful implementing any new business strategy. A lot of contractors go to terrific seminars. They hear very important things that they should be doing in their company, like charge more for this, charge more for that, sell more of these. The problem is, is how to implement it. Inevitably, in order to implement a lot of the things that you're learning at these seminars, you're going to have to have the technician's cooperation, not to mention the office and the admin, but you're going to have to have the technician's cooperation, and that can be the most challenging. In my experience, the best way to get technicians to drive revenue is to teach them about money. Where does the money go? When we make a $100 sale, what happens to that $100? Because I'll tell you what happens to it. You pocket the vast majority of it. You take that 100 bucks, stick it in your pocket, you're a filthy, stinking rich owner. When I go out and get you another $100 bill, you're just going to pocket the vast majority of it. That's what's going on. At least that's what the technician thinks or something like that. See, technicians have way overestimated your profitability, 
they've overestimated your net worth. They've overestimated how much you get paid. They probably think that you are, quote, filthy, stinking rich, unquote, because they don't know any better. It's not that they're stupid, certainly. It's just that they're uneducated. Most technicians did not go to business school. Most technicians got their business education maybe from their parents at the kitchen table. So it's really important for you owners to assume the responsibility of teaching your techs, in fact, all of your coworkers, about money. This is really a great opportunity for you to become their mentor, like almost like a father figure. As you teach them about money and later on about personal finance, you are going to go a long way to building bonds that will keep your people with you a long time. And even if they leave, those bonds will still be everlasting and very important. So let's get started. Let's talk about what happens to $100 in revenue. Well, the first thing we want to do is we want to make ourselves a big $100 bill. So we have a $100 bill here. This is a Word document which we can provide you. You print it out, tape it together. That's all there is to it. Print it out in color if you like, but that's where you can start with a $100 bill. The bigger the better. This is what you'll use to demonstrate what happens to $100 in sales. Now, before you get started, let me talk a little bit about the mechanics of this. This is $100 of total business revenue. That makes it easier. You can eventually have a service department $100 bill exercise. You could have a maintenance or installation $100 bill exercise. But to get started, I would have as many of your coworkers as you can enter the room, and I would do a average $100 of revenue for your whole company. Now, to get this started, after you've printed it, you want to draw vertical lines on the back of this bill, and each of those segments will represent your direct expenses, your overhead, your net profit. Easiest way to explain it is for me to just go through the exercise as if I were talking to your coworkers. Here's how it would work. While holding up the dollar bill, take a pair of scissors and call out the expense that you're cutting off. You'll want to work from your right to your left, and you'll want to start almost like the income statement. You want to start with parts and materials, equipment, labor, and so forth. Typically go with the larger items, but the order isn't that important. So like an income statement, you first show the income, $100. Then you're showing your direct expenses. Then you're showing your expenses or overhead. Then we'll talk about the net profit. Don't assume they know what any of this stuff means. So be sure to explain it as needed. Here I am talking to your technicians. I wanted to tell you all what happens to $100 in revenue. 
Well, the first thing is we have to pay for parts and materials. Not much we can do to stop that, right? We have to buy BX cable. We have to buy disconnects, breakers, contactors, motors, sheet metal, S and drive, and so forth. Maybe we can get a 5% discount, but there's no way to avoid parts and materials. And as you can see, that's a pretty large chunk of what we spend our revenue on. Now, this is a good opportunity for me to tell you when I say income, revenue, and sales, they mean the same thing. We often use those words interchangeably, but people get income confused with sales or revenue. You'll hear on TV about a corporation that is a billion dollar company. Does that mean they have a billion dollars in the bank? No. It probably means they had a billion dollars of income. Is that net profit? No. In this case, income is their sales, their total annual sales. So income, sales, they mean the same thing. Revenue, they mean the same thing. This is what's left of our $100 in revenue. The next thing we have to pay for is equipment. Basically, anything that's got a serial number. And that's expensive. And again, there's no way to stop that. We have to buy equipment, right? We might be able to negotiate a better deal, might be able to switch vendors or brands, but you're not going to do too much to stop that big chunk of our revenue. The next thing we spend money is labor. In this case, direct labor. So we have indirect labor, direct labor. All of you service technicians in the room, you are direct labor. You're a cost of goods sold. So there you are pointing to your technicians and you cut the labor. Now, in this labor, we also include payroll taxes, FICA, Medicare, Social Security, etc. A lot of technicians are surprised that you have to pay some of that. They think that that money comes out of their check. This is a good opportunity to, for you to explain, not only do we take money out of your check, but we have to match that on our end. That surprises people. By the way, I've done these hundreds of times. I've done these for companies probably just like yours. And that does come up more than you might think. People are like, hey, I pay the taxes here. And they're real surprised to hear that the company is also matching that. Now, if your company uses subcontractors, now's your opportunity to cut that. Freight, anything else, any other direct expenses, cut it off and call it out. Now you're ready to tell them this is gross profit dollars. We had $100 in revenue sales. We had direct expenses or cost of goods sold. They mean the same thing. I cut those off. Right now, we're down to $60 out of the 100. We have $60 left out of that 100. But we have overhead to pay, as all of you know. So what is some of our overhead? Well, we have salaries. We have wages for the office. We call those admin wages, admin labor. Not much we can do about those. You got to fire people or say, hey, bad news, I'm paying you all less starting tomorrow. So if we wanted to cut expenses, that's really not a good area to cut. So far, there really isn't anything we could cut if our goal was to increase profitability through cutting expenses. The next thing, payroll taxes, workers comp, you're not going to cut any of that. The IRS is going to get their share. 
the state's going to get their share. We have to pay workers' comp. So now that's what's left of our $100 bill. But we still have rent. We have utilities. We have internet. Another big chunk is our health insurance. If you provide life and dental, you'd mention that too. A big chunk of what we spend this 100 bucks on is health insurance. There's no way to cut that if we wanted to. Obviously, we're not going to stop providing health insurance. We certainly wouldn't want to. Health insurance is going up in an unsustainable rate, and there's nothing we can do about that. It's not unusual for our health insurance to increase by 20, 25% a year. The next thing is, and you start calling it off, building maintenance, janitorial, IT, computer and IT, software, things like that. Go through each and every one of these. You can't get, you really can't get too detailed, but you don't want this to last an hour. You want to go through this dollar, this $100 bill in about 15 minutes or so. Call it out. Call it out. And then finally, your last chunk of overhead. Remember, the more detailed you get, the more believable it is. It's okay to group up, say, five or six or seven things all in one cut, but just be sure to call them out. You might even give specific examples, like, do you guys remember when we had to replace that copier? That was a $15,000 copier, or whatever it happens to be. Now, remember, you are using your company's income statement to build this $100 bill. One of the things that you weren't cutting was when you bought that van, because that was a capital expense. But you certainly would talk about gasoline, interest, amortization is a mention, but amortization doesn't show up on your income statement. So use your income statement to build the $100 bill. What you should end up with is net profit at the end. So out of $100, this is our net profit. Here is where you tell the truth. If your company is a 10% net, congratulations. Remind everybody in the room that you are four times more profitable than the industry average. But if your company is only a 5% net profit, then you're only going to have about half of this here. Whatever it is, be honest. If your company is losing money, be honest but end up with 10% net. So you might say, look, truthfully, I don't want to make anyone nervous, but we are losing money currently. This is especially true in a certain department, like your service department, you might be losing money. Be honest with them. Tell them you're losing money. We actually don't have a 10% net profit. We have a 5% negative profit. But don't get nervous. We're fixing it. I'm fixing it, and that's why you're here today. We are going to fix this, and we're okay. We're not going out of business. So be sure to explain your loss and what you plan to do about it because that's one of the reasons why we go through this whole exercise. But if you have a loss, tell them, I'm planning on a 5% net profit or a 10% net profit, and that's what you end up holding in front of you because it's really important that you explain what happens to the net profit. Okay, here we are, net profit. Now. What happens to our net profit? Well, whatever our net profit is, I put it in my pocket. And that's what I use to buy bigger houses and jewelry for the 
for the wife and kids. And then you laugh and tell them, no, I wish I could. I can't. It's important that you all understand, I would love to take the net profit home, but I cannot take the net profit home. I have to use the net profit to make amortization payments on my vehicles. One thing you didn't hear me say is a payment on a vehicle, payment on equipment, payment on bank loans. You heard me talk about interest, but I didn't talk about the actual payment. That payment is not necessarily overhead. It has to come out of net profit. It has to come out of cash flow. And we're going to have a cash flow conversation at another time. But out of that net profit, I have to make all those payments on our vehicles, payments on our bank loans, etc. the amortization. The interest was in the $100, but the payment, the rest of the payment was not. That's an important point to make to them, but you're going to circle back to that when you have a class on cash flow. The next thing you want to do is remind them that this is net profit before taxes. I come from the state of Kansas, so I'll give you the Kansas explanation. This is net profit before taxes. I have to pay taxes on this. I pay taxes on this as if it were income to me, even though I don't take this money home. Now, as a side note, this depends on if you're a C-Corp, an S-Corp, or a so-called pass-through. I don't want to get too complicated. Let's pretend like we're a pass-through and not a C-Corp. But you get the idea. If you know what a C-Corp is, you know how to proceed. I get taxed on this money as if I did put it into my pocket. Either way, I get taxed on it. So let's talk about taxes. Just like on your pay stub, I have to pay Kansas their money. That's your state. I have to pay FICA and Social Security. I have to pay Medicare. I have to pay self-employment tax. That's the other half of your Social Security on a pass-through. So that's what I'm left to put into my pocket, right? No. No, because as I mentioned, I have to keep this money just in case we need it for something, like payments on our vehicles, like the amortization I talked about. So this is all that's left. Even if we're 10% net profit, we might only have $6 out of that 100 $6. Now, if we were doing a million in sales, for every million in sales, this is only 60,000 bucks when I'm done, $60,000. And that's if we're lucky, by the way. That's if we're four times more profitable than the national average. So this is a good time for you to explain income taxes, how you pay taxes, you pay it to the state, you pay it to the feds, you have social security, etc and then let them know what the dollar amount is that's left. We make $6 on 100. Actually, if we're losing money, we hope to make $6 on 100. Whatever it is for your company, level with them and tell them what it is. I'll let you decide if you want to share with them what your annual sales really are. Up until this point, I have not mentioned our annual sales. I've only been talking about $100 in sales. I'm fine with telling them what your sales are, but that should come with probably a little more education. They should know a little bit more about your company 
before we tell them about what the sales are for the whole company. But you decide on that. So here we are with net profit. Now, have your controller, your accountant, whoever's in charge of the money in, in the meeting, and let him or her know in advance that you're going to ask them what your accounts receivable are. Obviously, you, you probably know what that is, but accounts receivable is money that's owed to us by customers, right? But you want to explain what that means to your employees because some of them don't understand it. So here we are with $6 out of 100. For every million in sales, this is $60,000. So then I look over at Brenda and I say, Brenda, how much is our accounts receivable? And she looks at her paperwork and says, it is $123,000, sir. Okay, let's call it $120,000. Tell the audience, tell the group, what is accounts receivable? And she goes, well, it's, it's money that's owed to us. Who owes it to us? Well, the customers owe it. Why would they owe us money? She's wondering why we're asking such simple questions. Let me explain for you, if I may. So our accounts receivable is money that's owed to us by customers for work that we've already done, for work that we've already paid for. We've paid our techs, we've paid our suppliers, we've paid everybody. Everyone's paid except us. Accounts receivable is money they owe us that we may not get all of. We'd be lucky to get all of it. And right now the number is how much? 123,000. We only have 60,000 in net profit after taxes. So I need more than two years of this just to cover our accounts receivable. So no, I can't put this in my pocket because health insurance is gonna go up 20 or 25% because people owe us $123,000, which is more than twice as much as I'm holding here. So this is a cash flow problem. And we'll talk about cash flow in a different seminar, but the bottom line is, folks, we barely make enough to pay the bills, and we certainly don't make enough to cover our cash requirements, and that's why I have to go to a bank and get loans, and that's why we have to pay interest, because we don't have enough money, in part because people owe us $123,000. That's important. That's why we ask you to collect when you finish a service call. You installers, that's why we're asking you to pick up the check. You remember me telling you to pick up that check, Bob, and you didn't? And you didn't collect on that service call? This is why. Because of cash flow. Because we have long since paid everybody and we're still waiting to get paid. Now again, don't worry. I've got this. I know how to turn things around. I know how to make us more profitable, but I'm only as good as you because I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach, and I got lots of plays. I got lots of ideas, but you guys have to go out and throw the football, and you have to catch it, and you've got to kick the ball, etc. I'm just the coach standing there telling you what to do. I'm only as good as you are, and I am never any better, and my hope was by telling you where the money went, we can do a better job of managing our money and moving forward to a life of better profitability, better cash flow, and better wages and benefits for all of you. 
And that's when you thank them and you take questions. If they don't ask questions, encourage questions. Have a plant or two in the audience. Your manager should already be doing this. But they should be asking questions to get the questions started. A, a wise person will ask so-called dumb questions. Maybe you've been to seminars like that. Maybe you're one of those people. You'll ask questions that's on everyone's mind, even if people think, gosh, he didn't know that. Everyone knows that. So it's really important that people start the Q&A process because your technicians definitely have questions. They might ask you, how much do you get paid? You want to be ready with an answer. You don't necessarily have to pay them, or pardon me, you don't necessarily have to tell them what you get paid, but you need to be ready with an answer. You might want to say, I'm going to come back to that. In the next seminar I do, when I talk about cash flow, I'm going to talk to you about how much I get paid. I promise I'm going to tell everybody. Probably you would want to come back to that because it's a good explanation. So be sure to hit the Q&A, and that is probably one of the best seminars you will ever give to your company in your life because this is the first time they understand in graphical terms, in believable terms, this, this stuff is believable. This is believable. This is the first time they really understand the basics of where the money is going and they learn you're not just pocketing every penny of it. Now that's some awesome content from James right there. I love that guy. Uh, and if you're interested in learning more about this topic, I want to encourage you to sign up for the 30-day free trial by clicking join at the top of this page. This is just a small piece of the process, and you need the whole thing to make it all work. Well, folks, that's the show for this week. Join us next week. We're going to talk about how you can bond with your employees, and you can teach them about personal finance. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.